You're listening to Alicast, a deep dive into innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment, brought to you by Alibaba Group. I'm Ali Zillas, Managing Editor, Alison Tudor-Ackroyd. Welcome to the second part of our series with James Yang, a partner at global consultancy Bain & Co, to talk about the latest China e-commerce trends. During this conversation, you'll hear Bain's insights on overcoming supply chain snarl-ups and how to create winning product development partnerships in China. James, thank you for joining us on Alicast. Thanks, Alison. Thanks for inviting me. You advise in your report that there is a strategic imperative for brands to sharpen differentiation as a way of deepening customer loyalty. I get that China is a competitive marketplace, but how should brands go about doing that, in your opinion? I think sharpening the differentiation um, to myself really comes down to two things. I think number one is making that value proposition crystal clear, who you want to target, how you want to communicate with them throughout the year. And the second thing is really around just fantastic products and services, right, that you stand behind. Those will really shine through for your customers. I think the point number two is speaks for itself, right? Having great products always sells. So that's not a problem. But the first one, I would love to just talk a little bit more. I think it's really about engaging your customer throughout the calendar year and not just, let's say, think of the shopping festival in isolation. To highlight this is just if you run this fantastic deal once a year, right, whether it's in a shopping festival or not, but all it ends up doing is customers stockpiling a product and they don't engage with you the rest of the year. They buy with you at the cheapest price point doesn't help you throughout the next year. And so it's a little bit shooting yourself in the foot, actually. And so I think it's easier said than done to be honest, because of the day-to-day realities of the business is that you find yourself really like caught up, right? There's a pressure to deliver on sales and financial targets. So it's not hard to imagine a scenario where people are like, we have to achieve this, right? In this shopping festival, in this window, in this month. But planning out that entire year calendar there therefore becomes even more important, right? Being very purposeful about what you want to achieve. Like, you know, this time is about reaching out to new customers, sticking with our most loyal ones, and we want to reward them. And not just make every single window a a big sales window, if you go so call it. I think getting everyone on the same page, that goes a long way to sharpening the differentiation. Can product development partnerships like at Tmall Innovation Center. Obviously, I know the Alibaba ecosystem better than others, but how can they help brands gain an edge in China? Great products and services, those definitely need to shine through. If you don't have that, it's very hard to have sustain yourself as a brand. And I think we all know that in China, the elimination rate is actually extremely high um, as for products, right? That rotation you go through, there just always seems to be like a next hot trend or product that's just coming right around the corner and it displacing the current one, right? It's always coming. So as a brand, you have this great product, but how do you stay on top and constantly relevant? That's the big challenge. A portfolio of products is great, but resting your laurels on a few big hero items isn't is enough. So innovation is like then the critical part of it, right? And traditionally how larger companies have dealt with this with classic, right? R&D department, big budget, And their mission is to innovate, right? Come out with these products and customers that would give value. But the process is a long one. And sometimes it could take months, if not years, before something comes to market. The Tmall Innovation Center is quite special in how it's shortened that process. 
But also, I think, interestingly, it's how it's improved the hit rate on these new products, which I think perhaps is even more important. No one has a magic formula behind this. No one has a crystal ball behind what consumers really, really love. But as much as you can peer into it and improve and speed up the test and learn cycle of it, that's what's key. And so test and learn and being agile, I think the Tmall Innovation Center has done a lot to help that um, for many brands. I have seen that. Zooming back out a moment, online is steadily growing as a percentage of total retail. Do you see that trend continuing? And which sectors would you say are the laggards and which are the leaders? Curious. Online is probably, I don't know, I think one of the, if not the highest in the world at the moment, when you're talking at scale, e-commerce penetration. And all signs still point towards that it has further room to grow. COVID has been impacting China as well. And you saw e-commerce rates and O2O rates shoot up during this time. And I think when you go back to this, it also comes down to what you define as online. The, the lines are becoming more and more distorted and more blurry. Now we're talking about 30 minutes, 60 minutes, right? So X hour, right? So multi-hour, if not within one hour delivery. So in my language, I still consider those online, right? As part of the whole online. And that really has exploded and still continues to explode in the past year or two. When you include that, all of a sudden opens a lot of impulse-related and food categories into the online space. And those are ones that I would call laggards, right? So if you think about fresh vegetables, those have been more and more or less stubbornly offline. Consumers in China really want to see the vegetable. They want to know what it is that they're buying. But COVID has accelerated that growth. That's one big difference. I also think that it's true that there's a little dialing back or rebalancing to do in the sector, especially when it comes to multi-hour delivery. It's just how harsh the economics are, like the basket size, you need a person to deliver to you within 30 minutes. Um, so the model needs to be tweaked, but I think overall, there's definitely room to grow, right? And even when you say the leaders and categories, your electronics, your health and beauty, apparel, those have always been leaders in the space. Those have also seen jumps. So I also believe those will steadily grow as well in the years to come. When you referenced fresh products, obviously in the Alibaba ecosystem, it was thinking of Fresh Hippo. Um, that sprang to mind. We've seen some interesting things from them this year. But I did want to just double check with you. What have you heard about logistics challenges getting product into China in time for 11.11 or other festivals this year? Have you heard of any ingenious ways that brands have overcome those problems. I'm sure you'll you know, have avid listeners yeah. when you talk about this. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no silver bullet on this. I, I think it's no secret that global supply chains has had its um, fair challenges this year. Um, whether it's getting like the end product into the market into China, or you're just trying to assemble various components from all parts of the world, right? Just to assemble that final product. I've heard quite a lot of stories of just how tough that has been. More specifically on for Double Eleven this year, though, everyone that I've spoken to has just been being disciplined on just earlier and better planning. By the time we speak now, it's already too late, but they have already been done months in advance, right? In August, in June, um, July, during back then, everyone has already been planning out very detailed that their volumes, um, expectations, demands, and that has been especially true for imported products, but also domestically. So having backup plans, even domestically, has been quite important. 
What you'll see is people are distributing their stock also domestically across different warehouses to make sure there's fluidity and agility so that you can always spread out. You don't want all your stock in one massive warehouse that might be stuck for unforeseen reasons. Very wise words indeed. Moving on to a topic that when I look at my own analytics really explodes, you know, we've got the metaverse, we've got lots of innovation, as you said, coming out of China. What excites you? What have you seen in retail could be transformational or is just cutting edge? Yeah, for me personally, I think the the innovations that always excite me most are the ones that drive deeper customer engagement. I think that's first and foremost. So on this one, it's just that seamless customer experience between online and offline. I think that's the big challenge that everyone's trying to recreate. Offline, you get tangible feeling, what you look and see and feel, right? That's the real big thing. And so when you think about that and recreating that in the online space, I think a couple of things come to me for mine, right? Like AR really does come into mind, the virtual wardrobes, trying new sets of clothes, getting a nice watch, planning out your home furniture. All those things are fantastic innovations to me. But even things that bring more tangibility with you and the product, Fresh Hippo for a very long time has done you know, QR code scanning with a fresh product so that you know where the quality is coming from. Everything they do is just making sure that you feel more comfortable, right? Like you are there with the product and you know more about the product. I think those things are great innovations. The second one that excites me quite a lot is not visible to the consumer, but it's what makes everything happen. It's all the magic behind the scenes, especially when you talk about O2O, which is the supply chain and the efficiency that comes with it, right? It's a little bit less buzzworthy, but I feel it's still, I think it's incredible. Just the amount of packages that we are able to move largest shopping festival. There used to be quite painful bottlenecks, right? Even up to a few years ago of like people not receiving packages, taking a while to deliver, but just solving that with smart warehouses, algorithms, um, supply routes and optimizing that pick and pack efficiencies all across the um, end-to-end value chain. I think that's been amazing uh, for what's being done when you think about it. Thank you so much, James, for your insights. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into Alicast. If you liked what you heard, please search Alicast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and hit follow. Alicast is produced and edited by Yashan Zhao. At Alizilla, we seek to keep you abreast of the innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment. Thank you, and goodbye for now.